Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to part two of Annalise. Michelle, I'm Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Welcome back to part two. Part Annalise two. Michelle. Best weeks ever when there's two episodes. <clears throat> you good? One week. <laughs> you good? Well, I just ate a whole bunch of peanut butter, which is really like the last thing I should be eating before. Yeah, right like, before podcasting, let's just have a big old spoonful <sighs> of peanut butter. Why not? I'll wash it down. With some trench. Mm-hmm. Some trench alcohol. Shout out to trench. We hit up trench today. Yeah, I got some thousand peaks. Some thousand peaks. And I got my beer. peach rosemary. Mm-mm-mm. It's all good. This is my favorite beer. Literally favorite beer. Oh, yeah. You're obsessed. You got to um, stock up. But you stock up and then you just drink it. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. It's, it's a like, problem. I'm going to store all this away in my belly. Yeah. <sighs> well, because we just do what you got eight and you already drink two. <laughs> no one's judging. I'm just pointing it out. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I should not have had like a scoop of peanut butter before this this situation. But you are right with what you said a moment ago, though. It's the best weeks when you get two episodes. Although we're making them wait, though. That's kind of the downside. I feel like we're so kind because there are so many podcasts that will just like do part one on like, say, we we release on Tuesdays Mm -hmm. and then they'll release part two on the next Tuesday. That's true. So I feel like we're hella nice. We, that's that's very true. We we are pretty fucking nice. Like we're hella. amazing people. Yep. We do good things. So yeah, we're not Pat biased. on the back. We're not biased at all. Not at all. No. You ready for this? I am actually. Let's get into because it. Let's talk about it. This shit's been affecting my life. I need closure. You need closure. Well, every um, time a goddamn dork squeaks and closes, I'm just like done. Run you have been on edge the last I've few days. I've been such on edge, and I think it has to do with this shit. Like, I don't know. Well, especially with Halloween coming up, it's probably only going to get worse for you. Because well, I, I know for me, I'm going to start looking into some more spooky cases rather than just typical true crime stuff. Yeah. Especially in October when we got some cool shit coming up. We have some pipe. super cool shit. But I don't know. It's just like we have a lot on the go. And then I feel like when it starts getting darker earlier... That, like, brings some spookiness, too. That's true. That eerie, like, vibe hits your life. So, yeah. And then, yeah, we've been making me watch. Well, not making me. We've been watching <laughs> scarier movies lately. And, yeah, I'm, like, being affected here. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I think my next case, I'll have to pick, like, a just, like, a social, so psych. What am I trying to say? I have no idea. Sociopath. A sociopath. 
Something okay. that I can't relate to. <laughs> Something you can't relate to. G- got it. Got it. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. So first of all, first off, thank you to everyone out there who reached out to us and congratulated us on our announcements. Mm-hmm. And second, for everyone who's dropping the bomb on everything to do with The Exorcist, the original Exorcist movie, and how it was written or how it's done by the book, how it was off of the written book, which is based off a true story. There we go. Um, the first person who actually did uh, message us um, was Joby Fawn. I really hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh, <laughs> anyways, you you talked about it and you sent us a message. Um, so I just want to say thank you to you guys out there and thank you for hitting us up. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. No, we even love got it. some like photos of like some staircases and stuff that oh, was in yeah. the movies. Uh, in the movie that was like just right by someone's house. The visual that we have in our our recording area is quite the scene. We're a little bit distracted right now because Ripley is being a brat. Well, because we have like a blanket hung up just for echo, I guess, right? And there's a cat gone behind the blanket. And then our cat's trying to get – or our dog's trying to get under there and our <laughs> ass is in the air and it's just a lot. Yeah. Well, we'll leave that be. <laughs> Let's get going with this case. Let's go. For part two. You guys, thank you for waiting. Let's get going on it. Let's dive in. So Annalise has now gone through all that sort of hell and she is now going into her exorcisms. That's kind of where we left off. That's where we're at right now. So after the first trial version of the exorcism was performed by Father Alt, which went on for approximately two hours, Annalise cried a sigh of relief as she said, quote unquote, I am free. Uh, And the demons supposedly left her body. Oh, so she initially thought she was good. Yeah, she was she was rid of the demons at that point. Okay. However, it didn't last long. Because mm. as we know, she goes through multiple, multiple. more yeah. exorcisms. Shitty. Um so the next day subsequently the demons did return with a vengeance. Oh, she only got a day's break. Yeah, barely even. I, I probably like twelve hours by the sounds of it. So shit. Um, Annalise's behavior began to spiral out of control. She would frantically rush through the house. Um, she'd keep repeatedly kneeling and standing rapidly over and over. So she's just like dropping to her knees and then standing back up, dropping to her knees. And this is something that she continues to do over and over throughout the rest of her exorcisms. Dang, her poor knees. Oh, yeah. They would be bruised. Um, They'd swell and... In the end, her knees were, I don't know how broken, but I know she did oh. have at least fractures in her knees. Really? Yes. Um, she would sometimes pray repeatedly from dusk till dawn, um, and she would repeat herself over and over with things like, my Jesus, forgiveness and mercy, forgiveness and mercy, etc. Just repeat from hmm. dusk till dawn. That's wow. fucking scary. Yeah. Oh, I, I just can't even imagine just like, I don't know for lack of better words, but like the vibe that is in the house with that, you oh, know? I, I really can't. Oh, I think I would just be, oh, I think I'm on edge here. Could you imagine living in that? No, I, I can't. And I don't want to. Oh, well, yeah. You said that you would just close the door. Yeah, on little Timmy. <laughs> just like, nope, sorry, Tim. You're on your own. Uh, whether it's a... A medical thing or a spiritual thing, whatever the cause, mm-hmm. that's a big old note for me. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm piecing out of there. Oh. You good? 
Yeah, I just feel really bad for her, to be honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so screaming was a normal thing for her and the whole household. Well, coming from her. I'm sure the parents would scream sometimes of frustration and terror, but mostly it was coming from Annalise. But it was a normal thing throughout the house um, to hear the screams. Um, except for times when she would tremble and fall to a complete canatotic, canatonic state um, of rigidity. Um, Annalise saw clouds of flies and shadowy figures and creatures that eventually her family claimed to be seeing throughout the house as well. The family would see them as well? Sorry? Apparently, the family would see them as well. Okay, well, that's sure a, diff- a new layer. Yeah. Huh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so the church was contacted and expressed written permission from the bishop to perform the exorcisms on September 24th, 1975. So we're now into the full exorcisms. See, I just feel like she needs, like help like to be admitted into somewhere that can help her but i know i know well that's what they're trying to do though by these exorcisms yeah i know because they did try um medical and they they couldn't find anything the eeg scans found nothing on her brain essentially nothing um the medications weren't helping almost anything except maybe some seizures so and like i guess even right now she's not even really having those She's, I mean, she's not, she's having seizure activity, but not like full on yeah. convulsions, I guess. Yeah. Because like those canatotic states of rigidity could be well, I guess that perceived could be. as seizures. Could mm. be. So it's hard to say. Now I always oh, lose my I know, spot. I know. I was just like looking at your face. I'm like, he's lost where he is. I need to <laughs> scroll and like keep, like when we talk, I need to like scroll up to the spot I was in. Um, so they expressed, okay, there we go. They expressed permission and did the um, first exorcism on September 24th, 1975. Um, Father Renz conducted the ritual. And at first he said that Annalise seemed normal when he arrived. But in the course of the exorcism, Annalise's behavior quickly changed. At first she was calm, but then her, bega- her body began to shake violently. And she screamed and thrashed about. And it took three grown men to hold her down and prevent her from biting anyone or assaulting anyone. Holy. Brutal. Having three grown men, like that's... That's a lot. That's a lot. Like that's, yeah. that's needing a lot of restraint. But again, because I can understand... I'm, I'm trying to play the neutral point of view here. Because mm-hmm. I have my own perspectives and that sort of thing. But I'm trying to just play devil's advocate and be neutral here. Yeah. So... Yeah, that is a lot of strength and a lot of like supernatural-esque type strength. However, we as humans do not access our full potential of strength. No. When adrenaline kicks in, we see feats of superhuman strength consistently throughout history and different events. And they say that in like the animal kingdom, that that strength is a lot more easily um tapped into they can grasp it easier yeah for like chimpanzees or something and for whatever reason through evolution we don't tap into our full potential of strength probably for harming our own bodies Mm -hmm. so maybe in a state like this she's able to tap to tap into that adrenaline and full potential of her strength making it a lot easier for her to overcome people of greater size or multiple people 
But she she was like a small girl though. She too, was, wasn't she? Yes. Uh, but also on that same note, it could be a fucking demon in her. Well, yeah, because she was a small girl, and she was also at that point really un- probably undernourished and not overly healthy, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm like surprised that it would take. But then I mean, if someone's thrashing about, like that is hard to contain really too yeah so i mean like even just a kid picture like a 12 year old kid just normally thrashing about yeah one parent is gonna have a difficult time holding that one totally. kid down you'd need to at least so, yeah yeah there you go it's a hard perspective to really think of and i mean yeah i mean supernatural strength could be perceived but you never know it's really hard to to say for sure mm-hmm. not counting it out just playing that devil's advocate. You're playing neutral. It's a good way. Uh, so Fa- Father Renz actually, during the ritual, began sprinkling Annalise with holy water and immediately um, elicited screams belted from her mouth. She re- she reacted violently to the holy water. Holy. She demanded the priest stops, but however, he pressed on. Yikes. Yeah, but was her, her demanding or the demons, you know? Well... We get into this a little bit. Okay, am I jumping ahead? Yeah. It, it is the demons through her. Okay. Through the exorcism, she doesn't have control or anything like that. Right. The demons are screaming or speaking through her. And in those audio recordings, like we played at the end of last episode, mm-hmm. you can hear that demon-esque voice. It was voice. wild. Yeah. So the whole session of the first full exorcism lasted about five and a half hours. Ugh, that's too long. Yeah. And at the end of it, a lucid Annalise said that she that, that they should have continued, and she felt that the exorcism was troubling the demons. She huh. wanted to continue to get rid of them, but the problem is um, going on that long to take a toll on the demons would also mean taking a toll on her. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's a long time. The only thing you should be doing that long, I feel like, is sleeping. <laughs> I think you should be sleeping longer than five and a half well, hours. Well, at least, yeah, but... Oh, that's a really long time. But the, it's interesting that she's giving that much consent that she, afterwards it's like, yeah, go longer kind of thing. Yeah. She wants to get rid of these things. Yeah. But also just to throw this out there, I'm totally okay if people binge our podcast for longer than five and a half hours. Just <laughs> Okay. So there's another thing you can do. Yeah. And I think people have. There's been people that have finished all of them in like two days. Which is insane. You guys are amazing for yeah. that. I, that's wow. incredible. That means a lot. Okay. Moving on. Okay, from the ritual, she had full recollection of everything that happened, but she was not in control. Um, Now, there is 100% another personality within Annalise's body, um, which is quite distinct from her usual self. And this may mean possession by demons, but it may also mean something else. It's hypothesized that it could be a multiple personality disorder. Okay. Though many are doubtful. If there were truly multiple persons in a single body, one might not know what the others are thinking or doing. And Annalise could recall everything. Okay, so you don't know much about that disorder. I guess I looked it up briefly. And I guess multiple personality disorder is actually very, very much so a skepticism type thing in the medical field. A lot of people are like, there must be something else at play, um, like bipolar or something. Maybe I don't know. Oh, okay. But for multiple personalities, because people generally know what the other personality in their body is thinking. 
and for multiple personalities or multiple hosts or persons in one body, it doesn't make sense that they share the same thoughts. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting read. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, really. But that that was a whole other path to go down. Oh, absolutely. So. And if they're kind of skeptical of it, right? So. Yeah. So like I said in the last, the end of the last episode, over the next 10 months from 1975 to 1976, Annalise endured a total of 67 exorcisms. She went through one or two each week, lasting up to four hours long. That is so much. It's like a part-time job, really. That is, uh, uh, yeah. And then some probably. Holy. Uh, So during the 10-month span, they were able to discern six separate demons within Annalise. Wow. The demons that were inside her are Cain, who is the son of Adam and Eve, known by the title as Father of Murder. He was the first ever person to commit murder. Nero, who was a cruel tyrant emperor in Rome uh, during 54 AD. Hitler, who's, well, it's Hitler. Wow, yeah, no explanation needed. Fleischmann, which we'll get into him in a minute. Judas, which not who you think, but we'll get into that in a minute as well. And Lucifer, who is, of course, the devil himself. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're like cringing here. I am cringing. It's just like wild to like that they got that much information. Like I just don't think that she could just be making this shit up. In the audio tapes, I mean, it's there's a lot to listen to. There's hours and hours of audio. Um, if you listen through the audio audio tape, you can actually hear them having conversations with specific demons. They're like, who are you? Like who they are have talking different to? kind of voices. Um, I listen to each individual demon. And they do kind of, but not really. It uh, seems okay. like they're still using her vocal cords. Okay. So they're, which I, yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, they don't sound that different, which huh. again plays into the fact on the arguable, arguable fact on was there actually six demons? Is she actually possessed? Is she just going through some sort of mental thing? Yeah, but I just feel like to get like that much information, and would she even. Just knowing, like, her background, her beliefs, like, would she even know all these people? Like, would they have been in something she would have learned about, you know? Well, most of these demons can actually be found simply through biblical readings oh, and studies. Oh, can they? Okay. Yeah. Aside okay. from, well, Hitler, who was, well, it's fucking Hitler. Yeah. She lives in German. Or Germany. Okay, she so lives yeah, in she German. Would... <laughs> <laughs> so she would know. Yeah. Um, however, there is one that stood out to the priest. Uh, that's Valentin Fleischmann. And now he was a Frankish Catholic priest who lived in the 16th century. Fleischmann's priesthood lasted from around 1572 to 1575. He had been excommunicated from the Catholic Church due to his drunken behavior and outlandishness. Um, Fleischmann was accused of assault and murder. Really? Yeah. At the time, Fleischmann was a a name who there was very little information about. Um, the information was very not so available to the public per se. Okay. It was someone that Annalise rightfully should not have known about or come across in her studies because she did do studies before. We talked about that in the last episodes. Well, last, she was last very episode. smart too. She was. Um, but still, it's not someone she should rightfully know about. Okay. 
Uh, so there's another one that seems a little bit weird. Um, it, it seems strange that a man's name, Judas, should be given for a demon. Um, yet it's claimed that Judas was often given um, by other possession victims as well, not just Annalise. It's not that the demon was actually Judas of the Gospels, apparently, but instead the name represents the role of a demon. Like a fucking job description, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, a Judas demon attempts to force its victims to imitate the apostle and the betrayal of its Lord. Because in the biblical readings, Judas betrayed Jesus, right? Right. Okay. So that's what it's paralleling is this oh, demon is trying okay. to get you to betray your beliefs right. and Christ and the Lord and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, often it would actually prevent its victims from swallowing um, Holy Communion in order to steal the host. Uh, so basically what this means is a demon prevents you from making a connection to God, thus keeping power over you. Um, Holy Communion is a ceremony where the bread represents the body of Jesus and the wine, um, his blood that was shed. And in consuming them, it's a way to remember him and receive Christ, uh, the nourishment and strength and hope and joy from him, which in turn are all powerful weapons against such demons. Huh. Okay, this is just like, it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's this, information overload Okay, here. it is, but it's just like the fact that this this whole story is just, it just honestly blows my mind. Like, it literally does. Yeah. It's, and the fact that none of these were working, though. Like, it, it, they, they were able to, like, tap in and get that much information from these demons. Yeah. But that, like, it's kind of, like, why didn't anything work? Like, why couldn't they get them out? Or even one out, you know? Yeah, I that don't know. That just seems... But out of those six demons, like I said, there's a lot of like, oh, fucking devil's in here. Fucking Hitler's in here. You know, pick any fucking villain from a TV show that you want. Oh, he's in here. It could just be knowledge that someone's just randomly spitting out there, right? Fucking Dexter maybe in there. <laughs> Dexter was a good guy. What are you talking about? Yeah, she still murdered people. He did. He did. But in a, in the best of ways, I yeah. guess, that you could be a murderer. Um, But there are the two, which was Fleischman, who she rightfully shouldn't know about. Mm-hmm. And Judas, which is not necessarily representing Judas himself, but Judas, the role of whatever that I just described here. And this is a consistent pattern in other possession victims. Mm -hmm. So those are two kind of interesting things about Very those. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Annalise was beginning to refuse to eat during the times of her exorcisms. She went through stints uh, in the past, but now it was worse than ever. And she stated, quote unquote, that she was not allowed to. Wow. So whatever was in her was not allowing, allowing her, her to, to eat. eat. Um, she must be so just frail, hey? She gets extremely frail. We, we'll touch on that okay. in a little bit. I, that's just the main thing that I visuals like this frail young woman oh. that's exactly that but then on top of it it's not just this frail young woman it's this frail young young woman who is thrashing about and lots of injuries yeah essentially like scratching biting herself dropping repeatedly on her knees on the floor over and over again she's beating and bruising herself mm -hmm. and then of course being restrained during right. exorcisms and everything so it's just compiling so you have this frail woman who's not just frail She's breaking. Oh, like that seems so wrong to be restraining her, but I guess you kind of have to. Yeah. Well, they generally are restraining her to prevent her from hurting other mm -hmm. people or herself. Yeah. So 
So she wasn't eating and the demons, quote unquote, was not, were not allowing her to. Um, despite this, however, she did consume the bread in communion, um, but just. She felt a resistance inside her as she was trying to swallow the bread. So instead, she just let it lay on her tongue, soften to the point of almost dissolving to ingest as much as she could. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Yeah. Now, the demons told Annalise many times that she was suffering the repercussions of her mother's sin. Her mother's sin? Yep. Do we get to know what the heck that was? Now, this is open to interpretation, I believe. But what I read this as is we touched on it the very first thing in last episode. The mom got pregnant. Is that right? Without being married? She had a child out of wedlock. Huh. She had to wear a black veil to her wedding and yeah, everything. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually. So I don't know if that's, I mean, who knows what Maybe they're referring else, to. Though. But that is my interpretation of what the demons are referring to. Mm-hmm. So. Why do the demons care, though? I don't know. That, that's right. It's true. I don't know. Hmm. Um, well, witnesses to the exorcism, such as family, priests, attest that she displayed almost superhuman strength. Um, as it took several people to restrain her at times, like I said, she would continue to keep repeating, kneeling and raising over and over at ridiculous speed. Um, she would feel heat throughout her body and she would often tear off her clothes in order to cool herself. Uh, she had visions of demons, angels, those shadow figures, mm-hmm. as well as stigmata marks appearing on her body that were clearly distinct from other injuries. Do you know what stigmata no, is? No, I was just going to ask. Stigmata is referred to as an injury or marks on the body correlating to the injuries that Jesus would have sustained during his crucifixion. Oh, okay. Like marks on the on hands the wrists or... and nails would go through. Oh, on the, it was the hand, not the wrist, right? Uh, maybe it was the wrist. I can't remember. No, I think it was the hand. Well. I don't know. Um, correlating to that. So nails... Marks oh, through wherever the nails wild. would go on him, his hands, feet, often bruising or marks on the back where he would carry the cross, marks on the heart, um, across the forehead sometimes from the thorns of the crown of thorns, that sort of really? thing. Uh, so I I couldn't find what stigmata mark she had, but apparently there were distinct stigmata marks separate from her other injuries. Okay, and that just seems like that's too much. Like you can't just like that's just not from being self-inflicting anything like that's yeah Whew. i don't even know what to say half the time because this shit's just so wild this is fucking dark <laughs> this is crazy and in, in the back of my head it's like i'm just like oh god i'm gonna be on edge for a few more days aren't i <laughs> yeah now father renz actually did decide he was gonna put annalise to and or the demons through mm-hmm. a few tests because he wanted to test um the validity of these possessions So secretly, he did put through some little tests here. Um, He did speak to the demons in other languages 
to try and get them to respond in other languages that Annalise wouldn't respond to. Oh, like that language she wouldn't know. Yes. Okay. Um, so he did try and speak in other languages. However, the demons did respond to the, and said, only speak to me in German. I will only respond in German. But there was one instance where he tried Dutch and the demons did respond uh, one sentence in Dutch. And she wouldn't have known. I don't know if she would or would not have known Dutch. Apparently, when she was younger, she did excel at languages. So it is possible. Right. Okay. So, so that one's kind of inconclusive. This one, however, fucking gets me. This is fucked right up. Oh, You ready for this? I don't know. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. What is Um, it? One of his tests he conducted was that he would fill five water bottles with water, some with tap, some with holy water. Though the bottles were unmarked, the demons in Annalise would scream only when the holy water was used on her. Really? Apparently. Huh. If that is true, that is fucking wild. (laughs) That is so fucked. Wow. Okay. And okay, this, I have to also say this priest is like consistent, hey, to be, he put a lot of effort into this. He put a lot of effort into this. Yes. Like to be doing this, this, like he was really trying to help her. Yes. Um, So although the local parish priest recommended that Annalise be taken to a psychiatrist, the Michelles already had their fill of the psychiatrist and there was no way that Annalise, now being a 22-year-old adult, could be persuaded to go to a psychiatric clinic. Oh, dang. However, remember in last episode, again, it was uh, told by one of the physicians that she was no longer capable of making decisions on her own. Okay, so she shouldn't so, have been able to decide that, you mean. But her parents yes. decided that for her, But her, her parents really. did decide that for her, yes. I feel so. like she should be doing both, that and working with the priest. I mean, why not? But uh, Well, she still is taking some medications. She still is seeing um, doctors sometimes. She did have one doctor occasionally come in to her exorcisms as well. Uh, not all the time, but it was... It, it was a thing that was still going on briefly here and there. Okay. Um, but psychiatrists specifically was like, yeah, no. Well, they may be, sorry, I'm interrupting. It's but maybe not have been okay with the exorcisms either. Yeah. Right. Potentially. So um, by October 4th to 6th, somewhere in there, it's either 4th, 5th or 6th, um, two weeks after, or maybe it's all three. I don't know. Um, Two weeks after Father Renz had begun the exorcisms, the demonic personalities weakened and spoke less frequently. Hmm. Then on October 7th, 7th, another Tegretol prescription for Annalise was being renewed and filled. And that same evening after she's taking her medications, the demons returned in full force, even uttering apparently a hoarse scream and high-pitched laugh simultaneously out of Annalise. Hmm. Which, and is that like, cor- okay, I just, I don't know if it was meant to be like that, but is that correlated with the medication you think? Or well, is that kind of how you're presenting that? That's kind of what it led them to start believing that maybe the medication, um, the prescribed drugs was having an effect on the demons and the possessions over Annalise. Maybe it was allowing them in or. It's like fueling them or something. Yeah. Potentially. Eh? Potentially or fueling whatever. Um, issues she had going on, whether it be medical or demonic or anything. Right. On October 13th, a strange new development occurred. Annalise began receiving messages 
obstinately from the Virgin Mary. Um, by October 16th, Annalise was told by her that she would become entirely free by October. Which it's already October, but. So by like the end of the month, probably. A.K.A. Yeah. like dying. Yeah. <sighs> Things, however, didn't end in October. The torment, the exorcism rituals, and everything would continue for months. Um, she would continue to uh, have conversations or visions or dreams of the Virgin Mary along with um, conversations, visions, and dreams from the Lord amongst many different things. But this, we're getting way too deep into the information for us to really touch on that. But the fact is that she was seeing um, these demon faces and being possessed by demons as well as angels and the Lord and the Virgin Mary communicating with her. And this shit's been going on for years, really, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. I can't imagine going through that for so long. No. So, in April, however, Annalise begged her sister to warn her if anyone was planning on taking her to the physicians. And she expressed she did not want to see a doctor. She wanted to see this through. Her torture and pain kept going. She went through fits of muscle contractions, being becoming rigidly stiff, screaming. I put creaming. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I forgot the S. <laughs> screaming, uh, thrashing about, biting herself, hitting herself. She, compelled, she felt compelled to pray for hours on end, um, all while going through exorcisms on a weekly basis. By June, she had become a frail person, super frail person, mm -hmm. just like we were discussing, uh, with a sunken in face from malnourishment. Uh, she's essentially starving herself mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah, I like I it's almost just amazing. It shows like her strength that she's lasted this long, really. I go five hours without food, and McDonald's is like only a drive away and i'm just like starting to get itchy for it i'm like hmm well remember i went a little longer than usual today without eating and i was like my vision was blurry <laughs> yeah you're like i can't see shit i'm going blind I like it was food. just like something was in there just my eyes weren't working and i was like i need a freaking granola bar or something nourishment <laughs> so Food. the fact that she's Give just going a happy platter yeah i went i'm like wow i mean like strength like strength she's just really yeah, she strong. Whew. Her parents said she was drinking fruit juice and milk, however. That's good. That's something. It, it's something. Um, apparently, there were occasions where she would drink like liters at a time. Really? Hey? Yeah. When the demons allowed her to. Yeah. Um, but if they did try to feed her, like even force feed her, because they're trying to give her, get her to eat mm -hmm. something, um, she would refuse. She would tightly close her lips and mouth and just like, there's no way you're getting anything in, in her mouth. Like you, hmm. you're not feeding her. You just can't. She's can't. absolutely refusing. On June 30th, she went through another exorcism, just like all the rest with prayers, thrashing about, screaming, severe bouts of rigidity. And Annalise kneeling and standing, kneeling and standing repeatedly. However, at Ugh. this point... She is so weak, she can't do it on her own. Oh my gosh. Okay. So how's she doing it? Well, she can't walk on her own. So oh. she can't, she can barely stand on her own. But so she, she can do it, but she needs help. 
And she like, she demanded, she's like, no, I need to do this. So her family is helping her stand and kneel and they put a pillow on the floor so she okay, could kneel good. to try and protect her. Cause she's like, just They're just break, break. Yeah. And it's the only thing they can do to like try and she's thrashing, like freaking out. Otherwise their only oh, thing that they can do to try gosh. and calm her during these exorcisms. Then on July 1st at 7 o'clock in the morning, Annalise's father looked into Annalise's room and saw her sleeping. So he went off to work. Just like another day of dealing with these exorcisms. He's got to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. He's going to come back home and try and take care of his daughter and his family. Um, However, an hour into his shift, his wife called and told him that Annalise had died. Oh, so maybe when he looked in there, she was actually passed away. Yeah, she most likely was not sleeping. Oh, and here he was just like, oh, good. She's getting some rest. I want to go off to work. Yeah. Oh, my heart. (laughs) That's a little heartbreak moment for sure. It is. It gets you in the feels. just like, ah, like that's his daughter. Yeah. And he and and there's no lack of effort like this family has done freaking, I feel like almost everything, really. However, I do want to say. At least, like, there, there's some satisfaction in knowing she's not suffering anymore. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, I know if you have, like, let's put it in this perspective. If you have, like, the family pet who's getting old and old and old and they're just, like, they can hardly stand or walk mm-hmm. and they're so it's sick really and cancer. It's better to take them to the vet and, and put them down if you can without that suffering. It sucks. It so sucks. Because, well, yeah, at some point it's like you're just... The pets, especially, like you're just keeping them alive for yourself. In yes. A sense. Not that I'm saying you should go and fucking put your daughter out of a no, misery or something no. like that. You yeah. shouldn't do that. But there's that relief in knowing that the suffering is over. Oh, yeah, because she was really, really suffering. She was suffering. So medical examiners concluded that Annalise's death was caused by starvation, which was possibly aggravated by physical exertion. I couldn't find an exact number, but by the time of Annalise's death, she weighed around 90 pounds. Really? Hey? Yeah. And we don't know like how tall or anything she was. I'm not too sure on her height. No, I, I've never looked it up. I'm sure you might be able to find that pretty mm-hmm. easily. But still like grown ass woman yeah. weighing 90 pounds. They found her inner organs to be completely healthy. Her brain had no damage. Hmm. And nothing that they could find would even cause a microscopic seizure. Seriously? When when they autopsied her body? When there was an autopsy done on her. Her brain was completely normal. Nothing that would ever even cause a microscopic seizure. What? And no damage to the brain whatsoever? No, brain's completely fine. Her organs, completely fine. Holy shit. Though apparently her pupil her pupils were unusually dilated. Yeah, but that could honestly just be from the fact that she was like malnourished in a sense. Maybe. Uh, what is also strange about the cause of her death, though, is that she was able to get out of bed repeatedly the night before she died. Even with help, that is extremely strange. It should be impossible for someone on the verge of death from starvation to do that. Her mobility is confirmed by the examiner's observations that she had no bed sores, which is not normal for someone found with starvation. Really? Hey. So she was moving. She was getting out of bed. Even with help, 
she was able to get out of bed, get moving, get motion, not sit in one place. Someone who's starving is not going to have the energy, the ability, or the strength to do any of those. Okay, so what does that she mean, did. though? I'm so confused. She had strength she shouldn't have had. Medically. Okay. I see. Okay. Not I'm just thinking, like, what I was thinking is, was that, was she should not have been diagnosed? Said it was starvation. No, it, it was starvation. It was? Okay. it was. She, but it was just amazing that she was even able to get out of bed the night yeah, before. Yeah, she was essentially a skeleton walking around. That's not possible. But it was happening. Hmm. Wow, my brain's just a turning. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a big head scratcher for me. Yeah. Because like I was like I was saying earlier, trying to play that neutral path, even. Like adrenaline can kick in and give someone superhuman strength. You're not going to like that. That doesn't make sense. Adrenaline isn't going to kick in at that point in your life. If it does, it might kick in for 30 seconds. Yeah. It's not going to keep you moving for days on end, praying, kneeling up and down, up and down, getting out of bed, preventing bed sores when you are literally about to die. It's like the demons were giving her power or something. Or. Or the angels. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or the demons were. You know. Uh, or something treating her like a marionette or some sort something else was giving her something to move which is fucking crazy that is crazy it blows my fucking like holy shit <laughs> how can you like look at something like that and not think that there's other forces at play whether you look at it religiously whether you look at it spiritually whether you look at it like i don't fucking paranormally whatever there's something else at play. Well, yeah, that there just has to be like with that autopsy that it just makes no sense. Yeah. Moving on, though, Annalise's parents and Father Alt and Father Renz were charged with negligent homicide. The prosecution mm. requested that if found guilty, no involved parties be jailed. Instead, the prose prosecution asked that the priest be fined and that the parents had suffered enough which is actually allowed in german court apparently so on march 30th 1978 the trial began all but one doctor that was questioned firmly asserted that annalise was not possessed but she suffered psychological illness because of her strict religious upbringing and her epilepsies I'm sorry. Okay, I'm listening to you, but I'm also like, what the fuck's the point of this? I know. It's like, it's just ridiculous, really, the fact that this has to go to a trial. Right. But this fun fact, this is one of the few um, cases out there of um, exorcisms and possession that has actually gone to trial. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Uh, the one discerning doctor that did stand against the others, um, Richard Roth. Um, he had been a participant in some of the exorcisms and allegedly had, a to had told Annalise that there is no injection against the devil. Okay. The defense argued that the exorcism was a constitutional right, the unrestricted exercise of religious belief, under the unrestricted exercise of religious belief, but the court ruled otherwise. The court concluded that the exorcism rites that were performed negligently there, there, there. Sorry. <laughs> the court concluded that the exorcism rites were performed neglig negligently. I can't speak words. You're doing good. And charged Annalise's parents and the priest with negligence resulting in homicide. 
They were all subsequently found guilty of manslaughter. Whoa, really? Yeah. And each were sentenced to six months in jail with three years of probation. The priest and the church that he belonged to was also subject to a small fine, which was little more than the court fees. However, the jail time was suspended completely, so no one served any jail time. That was going to be my question. Yeah. Just like in the movie, Exorcism of Emily Rose, no jail time was served. Mm -hmm. I mean, they like she... Oh, they all consented to this and everything. So that's why I'm just like, even her, this is what she wanted. Yeah, but, but I mean, take two people standing in a kitchen and one says, shoot me. The other one says, okay, and pulls the trigger. It's consent. I mean, that's not really how it, like, you know, there's laws against that shit still. I guess, and we don't technically know if she was influenced heavily or whatever by her parents. Well, that's exactly the religious upbringing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. So to end this all off, in 1984, the bishops made a position, petition sorry, to the Vatican regarding the exorcism rite, and a commission passed on the decision that she was mentally ill, not possessed. The church? Yes. Huh. Okay. The Vatican, not just the church. Mm-hmm. The church of all church. Yeah. The Vatican. Oh my gosh, I just, I honestly think this story, it's just like almost over my head. It's just so wild because I just feel like there should be more of this shit going on if it was a thing, you know? Well, there's arguments on both sides of that, but like I said, I I only scraped the surface of this case. Mm -hmm. This could be like a fucking 12-parter if we wanted to. Oh yeah, you could probably real dive in. Yeah, um... So if you want to read in on more in this case, uh, good luck. I bid you adieu on that because you're going to be off doing your stuff for a while. It'll be a while before we see you <laughs> over here again. Um, but it's it's whoo, whoo. Well, yeah, even just this case, like you do spend, we spend lots of time researching, but you definitely spend like way more time I, researching. I probably put in, I would say, 15 to 16 hours re- cool. researching this case. You're like me. I take a really long time researching. Yeah, you do. Like really long. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's have a, a little cheers to Annalise I'm done. Michelle. Maybe there's like a drip left. You can have a sip of mine. No um, thanks. Our official badass of the day for everything she went through, she she deserves that. Yeah, she definitely so, does. That poor thing. Cheers to her and cheers to you guys. Cheers to you guys. Thanks for listening. What? I was pointing at you to say stay wicked. Oh. Stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.